Mo? Yeah. I'm yeah. going to bring a 100% to the show. It's like you're just, you're staring at this very complicated, like, bushy environment. There's trees and there's, like, uh, jagged edges. And then all of a sudden, it becomes clear to you that there's a way through it. Right, you see a path. It's like the light hits it in a certain way. Yeah. You know what I'm talking? And then it's a clearing. It's like, how did I not see that before? Like the movies. Yeah, yeah it's right there. All I have to do is walk that way, mm -hmm. and I'm getting the hell out of here. <laughs> I'm going to make it. I'm running. It's like the moment. It's like the moment you're in the wilderness, and you're like, I'm going to die out here, right? And right. I'm going to die out here. I'm going to die out here. And it's like this constant repeat in your brain. And then that moment happens, and you say, I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna live. I'm not gonna die. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting, those two separate paths? Yes. They both exist. Mm -hmm. It's always an option. Am I gonna live or am I gonna die? And if I am gonna die, I'm gonna go down fighting. If I am gonna die, if I'm gonna okay. die anyway, right? I'm gonna die the way I want to die, not the way you want me to die. <laughs> yeah. Stop threatening me, Mo. <laughs> Sorry about that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another afternoon. It's another show. There's a so so much to talk about. Willie Do is fired up. Mo is fired. I never saw these guys this fired up. Mm -hmm. We had a pre-discussion. We don't normally have a pre-discussion. Normally we come straight on, but these guys were like, "Yo, let's uh, let's get down here. Let's get down. Let's get down to business." Mm -hmm. Was what they said. And I said, "Okay, man. You want to do to do get things uh, fired up? You want to uh, prime the engine, so to speak? We can talk. Let's have a chat." Mo puts the order mm -hmm. in. He orders the food. He's been starving for, I don't know, the last three hours or so. I've been hungry. And uh, so we had a chat, and then and then on the other side of the chat, it is just absolute fire coming out of these locations. Um, uh, uh, Willie Doo's got uh, most of the stories today. Most of the stories today you submitted. It's a Willie Doo day. It might be a Doo day, as far as I can tell. It might be a Mountain Doo or a Willie Doo. I don't know. It's a one, one of the two Doo's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the D-E-W. That's the do. That's the morning do. You, yes. ever, you ever encountered the morning do or just it's the lovely. mountain do? Okay. Yeah. Are you more, morning of a, do. more of a morning do or more of a mountain do? Morning. Mm. It's funny that mountain do is called mountain do when you think about it, right? Because ain't, mm -hmm. no, ain't nothing in the mountains like mountain do, I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. You ever tasted that you stuff? You mean like uh, a very bright... You can run your car. Drink. You can run your car on that stuff. <laughs> yeah. If you knew that. Oh, man. Shout out for all the Super Chats coming in. We love you back. Uh, oh, wow. the, su the support is tremendous here. It's unbelievable. Boost FX, shout out. Uh, Willie Doo was very concerned about this story. I don't know how you want to play it. Do you want to rant? Do you want me to rant? You want to kick it off and then I'll get in there? It's completely up to you. Um, you could talk about I'll it. I'll get into it. and sure, you'll, you can start And it then off. You'll, uh, you'll dabble. I'll get into it. You'll dabble. Uh, studio display, a power cable is non-removable. Shout out, Casey. Uh, this was a this was something that we noticed. Did we notice? Well, Mo noticed. Yeah, he, he noticed. We got to give yeah. Mo credit on this. He was watching all the videos. Shout out. That's you, like Dave Two D's video. Did you want to um, uh, like get one of these? Why were you watching Dave Two D's video? Or are you just supporting Dave? Or <laughs> I'm what? supporting Dave, but also the guy just 
kills it with his thumbnails. It's hard not. To oh, click you on like it. the thumbnail got yeah. you in. And Look at that thumbnail. It, his uh, his video Mac Studio review the mm -hmm. need for speed speed written in all caps. Yeah. So we got to put that part in there as well. He put a little finesse on the word speed. So you see Dave Two D. I'm not immune to the tactics. Mm -hmm. A couple of tactics. <laughs> Shout out Dave. He's coming on the show soon. He just doesn't know it yet. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say you talked to him. <laughs> uh, anyways, so you're watching his video, and he's got the studio display in there as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, and you notice the non-removable. He's trying to tug on the cable. You notice yeah. the non-removable cable. Oh, there's the tug. Yeah. Oh, boy. He actually noticed it as soon as he opened it. He said... Uh, when he was pulling it out, he noticed the cable was attached. Mm-hmm. Look at if this. If you remember in the iMac, it was not attached. Uh, Will has the uh, the clip on repeat of the tug. Yeah, you would notice that, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you would notice that. I'm just really um, curious about why. Why mm. they made it non-removable. Because they have the iMac. Yes. That is magnetized, and it is removable. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that much smaller. What, the, it's 24 inch? 24 inch. Compared yeah. to the 27 inch yep. for the studio display. Um, I looked into how Mac Rumors created a post about the non removable studio display, which for some reason um, they took it down. So that led me to like a weird rabbit hole of, yeah. okay, Why let's investigate this? this further. Um, I went to the Wayback Machine, as you do. Oh my! I didn't. I know told about you this. he was on fire today. Yeah. I was just he like, "What's going on here?" I told you to get out of his way today. Yep. And then I'm like, "You want me to take this one over?" And you and and and, and he's he was, like, "I'll just dabble from the sideline." Meanwhile, so in the I, background, he's like, "Shut up!" Because I got everything lined up. Yeah, I got I was, a whole. I was horned up. About he's this. got a whole investigation. He's got the cork board with the string mm -hmm. and the pins. Yeah. He basically he's connected everything at this point. Mm -hmm. There is no mystery. Go ahead, Will. And uh, the Wayback Machine shows the original post, which was deleted, and it says, "Yeah, that it's not removable." And mm -hmm. I didn't know that at that time, mm -hmm. right? I was just trying to figure out why is there no news outlet that's talking about this. Mm, and right, yeah. when you search in Google um, about the studio display that's non-removable, you don't see any searches. It's all pointing to the Mac Rumors website or that post. Mm, see the PSA studio display power cable is non-removable. Which is bizarre because Apple content is uh, very... So, yeah, and in the Mac Rumors post, they outlined uh, this creator. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Olier. Olier. Um, yeah, I know him. He's uh, Ultralinks, right? Ultralinks. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, I know him. Shout out. Well, um, I mean, I don't, I don't good, know him personally. I don't know him personally, but yeah. So on the box of the studio display, it shows the cable that is not there. It's only a circle, mm -hmm. right? Um, and he tries to tug on it as well. Um, I think over mm. here. Which another tug? Yeah. Spoiler alert: It doesn't. It's non-removable. Let's just get that out of the way. It's don't. Uh, you, you can't you, remove it. No more tugging. Stop tugging. Because mm -hmm. it, it's not gonna come out. Which I don't understand why. Let him have it, Will. 
<laughs> Let the people have it. I don't. Um... Uh, somebody in the chat said you woke up and chose violence today. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. pissed about this. This you shouted at me. I was all the way down there. Mm -hmm. Back me up on this, Mo. Yeah, yeah. And people won't believe it because they see your disposition. But mm -hmm. Will yelled at me at the other end. And he said... I was like, breaking news. Yes. That's yeah. exactly what happened. He said, he says, the cable can't believe this. is not removable. And it really bothered you. Yeah. Sorry. I just uh, want to show that again. Yeah. It's like, it's one of Apple's tactics, I guess. Mm. Right? Um, but this would make it really inconvenient to repair. Oh, if God. the cable, you know, if the cable gets frayed, well, sure. and, and you know, we we should also mention here, guy like Will, he he's got a pet. Mm -hmm. mm. There are pets out there that chew on cables. I'm not saying I'm not I'm hey, no accusations here. I never saw Otis chew on anything before. Yeah, he's a good boy. <laughs> Mo's like, yeah, right. I but, chew on them. <laughs> but I'm saying, I mean, it's kind of insane that if a right. dog chewed on this cable... You have to get a new studio I display? Guess you, well, no, I mean, you could... Uh, well, you have to bring the whole thing. Well, you to could splice store. it together yourself and have some Frankenstein looking... No, but come on, you have a studio display. You want it to look mint, like Apple wants you to. Right? No? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying that you should splice it together. I'm just saying you could, but ideally you're going to go get it repaired. You're not going to throw it out. No. You're going to go, and what is Apple going to charge for that repair? It, it's uh, probably ridiculous too, I would guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if they've shared those figures yet, but the whole thing could be avoided and you would have less downtime on your display. And the crazy part, I'll tell you the real crazy part about that. I know he's irate. Mm -hmm. The real crazy part is that they're calling it a studio display, meaning that they expect it to be used in mission-critical work environments, like places that are creating content and mm -hmm. offices and studios and right. with uh, demands on time and delivery dates and things like this. Can you imagine uh, your power cable gets busted and you got the downtime with the display and it could have been the simplest fix of just having a modular cable like everything mm -hmm. else does? Mm -hmm. And, and, they, they, and they went so far, like you said, with the iMac to make it so if you trip on it, because if you trip on this one, it ain't coming loose. The whole thing's going down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're going to be moving it around sometimes, mm. right? If it's yeah. meant to be a studio display, moving around the office. I and don't you know. can't remove it's, the cable. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So listen, I don't think anybody likes it. I don't think there's any advantage we can think of other than possibly shipping Maybe there's a cost advantage in, in manufacturing. Customers don't care about this. Mm -hmm. um, maybe there's a space savings element to it. Maybe they could make the display thinner by not having it removable. But mm. uh, did oh, they make it thinner? I don't think they what? made it. Thinner. I'm just looking at those displays over there. And the uh, the Pro Display XDR. And do you notice how the cable actually does poke out quite far? Yep. From that display, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the power cable I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Mm -hmm, Maybe yeah. it is a thinness thing, a depth thing that a typical would have to uh, stick three out. three prong may have had to stick out a little bit because the iMac, no, the iMac, the iMac, they put the power separate on the floor. Yes, where you can plug your Ethernet in as well. They put the power adapter on the floor. Well, then it begs the question: which is the ideal one? Well. If you, if let's say you can't choose the three prong typical from the previous monitors, wait, the iMac is uh, the new iMac, the magnet, 
Yeah, we're yes, talking about the but new. They, they have the power. The uh, power brick is on the floor with an Ethernet. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, there we go. Shout out, yeah. Bobby. Uh, Willie do appreciates it. Little Bronco shout out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's the connector portion, but then the other piece has to sit on the floor. Yeah. Yes. In the top left corner. Okay, so let me ask you this then. And I don't know how people feel about this. But let me ask you this. If your option was this, something on the floor, but it is detachable, magnetic, even if you want, mm -hmm. and maybe even have an Ethernet port on it. Because Oh, no, you don't need it because your Mac Studio has it. But mm -hmm. for the laptop, you don't have it. So the display, it could be useful to have an Ethernet port since it is. Would you like this adapter instead of the permanently attached power cable? Uh, yes, this adapter. Even if, it, even if it means you have something sitting on the floor. Yeah. I don't like the idea of something being permanent. If I have an option for it to not be permanent, then I'll, yeah. I'll lean that way. Yep. I'm, I think I'm going with you on that. Yeah. I have to assume this would be more expensive and in the far as the economics go and everything else, but I do agree with you, Will. It's a little bit odd. I'm sure Apple will have some story about it as to why that was their decision, um, but I don't know if it'll be satisfactory to you because you woke up today and chose violence. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely correct. According to the chat. I mean, the chat knows better yeah, than I do. The chat, they, the chat knows you better than I do, let's yeah. be honest over here. They do. Uh, largest Apple store in South Korea coming soon. Largest in South Korea or the largest ever. Um, Apple has announced that the largest Apple store oh, for, in South Korea will be opening soon. Specifically, okay, in the capital, the store will be located in the city's historical center of Jeonggu. Um, let's see their, their announcement here. Coming soon in the heart of Myeongdong, where people from all over the world continue to visit. They love to be in the tourist spot, like McDonald's or whatever. Like, there's the big Apple logo. Of course mm -hmm. they're there because I'm visiting there because I'm a tourist. Through this store, we aim to provide a source of inspiration that is open to all, where imagination and creativity are constantly springing up. A place where you and us can communicate and inspire. They, they get really vague with it, don't they? A place where your life can be complete so long as you come here and buy things every day. Inspire. It's so close, Imagine. isn't it? The yeah. language, it's so close. It's really not that far. Yeah, it really isn't. Uh, a place where you and us can continue to communicate and inspire each other. Please Remember, we inspire each other. Right. Remember that. You inspire right. you us. You need me and I need you. We inspire each other uh, through sales. <clears throat> every time you buy something, it inspires me. <laughs> to continue selling things to you. Right. Imagine that. I'm inspired. Uh, so, yes, it, it is a, a historical area. There's uh, historical buildings over there, traditional markets, upscale retail stores. And uh, so then Apple will fit right in. I wonder if it's going to be a completely modern construction or if there will be uh, some kind of uh, uh, connection to an older building. Is that it? Get out of here. No. No, no. that's a historical site. That's Jeez. a temple. Can you imagine? I think that would be very rude. Picture an Apple logo on top of that. Yeah. But sometimes they do do that, like in, in London or... Right. Take your pick, where they would have the main floor of a relatively historical building. It would be a very good look. Mm -hmm. A cool look. I think there's an Apple store in Grand Central, Central Station in New York, too. Like, anyway, they've yeah. done these type of... Uh, situations as well mm -hmm. uh studio display runs full version of ios 15.4 uh, the display the display hmm. in system information under graphics display the studio display software can be seen showing that it runs version 15.4 the exact same build number as ios 15.4 and ipad os 15.4 indicating that the studio display runs the full version of ios hmm 
It contains an A13 Bionic chip, the same chip from the iPhone 11 lineup. Uh, and then that, that uh, supports and, and powers the uh, 12 megapixel front-facing camera, six-speaker sound system, and space. It seems like overkill for that. <laughs> yeah. But who knows? Maybe it's part of a long-term plan. Well, maybe it's part of a plan to have a, a large format, I don't know, like a kitchen display mm -hmm. in which it operates like an iPad and you're touching and tapping and it has great speakers on it. And I'm not saying that's going to happen, but once you got, once you have an A13 Bionic chip, you can do whatever you want in there Yeah. on iOS. Um, I guess you add some RAM, some hard drive, and then I want to see some hacks for this. Run iOS on You, you a, want somebody to, to, to make a large iPad. Studio display, yeah. Yeah, 27-inch iPad. Yeah. Is what you're looking for. Maybe uh, uh, they can figure out pen input at some point. And now you have something like what mm. Microsoft makes, which is the, what do they call theirs? I can't, why can't Surface? Surface? Surface Studio? Display? No, it's a different name. I'm talking about the one that has the really cool hinge that folds down. Uh, no, not Studio. It's like a workstation. Oh, it is. Wait, scroll down. Yeah, Surface Studio. What am I talking about? Yeah. So you could imagine an app. I said it, man. I said it. So you can imagine an Apple version of that running iOS if yeah. you want to imagine Very such cool. things. The current stand is not ideal for it right now for the studio display, but they could engineer something that would be suitable. Or you could VESA mount it, although I know Apple lets you do that, but they also love manufacturing ultra-expensive uh, dis display stands. Right. I'm sure they could figure it out if the, that's something that anybody wants. For illustration, it could be cool, Will. For illustration, I mean, those illustration apps on iPad are out of control these days. Yes, very good. Remind me, uh, what's like um, a prevalent one? I, Procreate. Yeah, Procreate. That's a good one. Man, you really, you did really bring it today. I want to know what you did this morning. I want to know how it is that you you've uh, pivoted, how it is that you've... Um, stayed on top, stayed sharp. Like what, uh, what does the routine look like? Um, I don't know. Nothing really. You different. were going to say something there. Don't you dare bail out on me. <laughs> don't you dare. I was uh, thinking about jogging today. Thinking but, about. Uh, yeah, but I didn't do it. Even just thinking about. It's good. He's, it's nice. the placebo effect <laughs> yeah. of imagining yeah, jogging. Yeah, he feels so refreshed. <laughs> He's going to put the VR headset and it's just someone else jogging. Yeah. I'm like, ah, feels so good. Yeah. And then he goes about his day like as if he did jog. If he's, mm -hmm. uh, But he didn't. But like um, the summer's coming or spring, I guess. Um, I yeah. want to run more. So that's pretty much it. And that's kind the, of like a the weather's been. Nice. I, I, really, I really like this idea that uh, even... For him, even uh, imagining these uh, these optimistic yeah. goals yeah. has already gotten you in a good mood. Mm -hmm. which, Physical activity. Which uh, I don't mind that. Uh, shout out to Logan. AirTag stocking controversy leads Tile to add its own anti-stocking feature. Well, this was the thing when we started talking about this originally. People said, what about Tile? What about Tile? Couldn't they do it to Tile? Tile's been around forever. No one cared when it was Tile. All of a sudden, everybody cares because it's uh, Apple. Well, yeah, you're right. Okay. But it is a numbers of game. Course every, yeah, of course everybody cares once it's Apple because it affects people differently. It brings it to the limelight. It, all of a sudden, people are using these tracking devices that otherwise weren't interested in it or interested as much. More people carrying them around. 
uh, greater awareness within the software, et cetera, et cetera. All these iPhones that are out in the wild that can now in interact with these things natively. Uh, AirTag stalking controversy, which forced Apple to beef up protections offered against misuse of the tracking devices, led Tile to follow the Cupertino company's example. Uh, Apple built two anti-stalking features into AirTags. First, iPhone users will be automatically alerted if an unknown AirTag is moving with them. Second, AirTags will emit a sound if they are separated from their owner for a significant amount of time. This is why Willie Do found it curious that when he went onto Etsy, he found users selling disabled AirTags with the speaker having been detached right, right, internally. Yeah, with the little this. Uh, wires being uh, components being removed. Uh, the company later created an Android app that allows owners of competing phones to manually search for AirTags. So if you were, I guess, uh, even that is kind of weird. Like, which, what person is skeptical of having been stalked and then they're going to open the app on their Android and they're like, let me just scan. Yeah. For, I'm not do let that. me scan for bugs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, though. Maybe it's... maybe if uh, you have the uh, uh, obsessed ex-boyfriend... Oh, you want to be double sure? You specifically. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, had Will. He's gone. He knew. <laughs> Will knew what I would. Yeah. He knew. I sensed it. Anyway, so, you said yeah, it. so you may be skeptical of certain people, mm -hmm. relationships, and then you're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to scan right now because I feel a little off. Right. I feel some, fishy. something's a little off. I just caught this intuition here. Um, yeah. So that it's, you can run it, but it's not as good as it no. being in the background and letting you know. That's obviously way better. It's like the fact that you have to open the app, like every day, if you're skeptical. I know. And just scan. I know. It's a, all you the become time. paranoid, mm -hmm. just constantly scanning for air tags. But I don't know. Maybe uh, could could law enforcement use it? I mean, I'd be really curious as to who's who's doing and running these scans. Mm -hmm. Uh, but anyway, Tile has, uh, man, you start seeing these controversies and stories if you're a company like Tile and you say, oh, we better get ahead of this. So you get the programmers going and everybody starts, um, you know, rapidly f figuring out how to implement similar things so that they can, can remain competitive as people start to request these type of features and seeing that uh, AirTags happen to have it. So... Uh, the scan process doesn't offer a precision finding tool that will allow people to locate a tile device that's close to them. Instead, tile notes that users will have to walk or even drive a certain distance away from their original location to work. The full scan can take up to 10 minutes of uninterrupted time to complete and deliver the most accurate results. Tile says it won't work if you're just walking around in your home or in a crowded place like on public transportation where it could detect other tiles nearby. So they have their own version. Uh, these are limitations. Uh, compared to AirTags, but they have something. They have some mm -hmm. kind of anti-stocking situation. China says she and Biden's two-hour call focused on the need for peace in Ukraine. This was the call I was talking about yesterday. Yeah, they had it last night. I told you they were going to talk. You were skeptical. I said, no, man. They're going to chat. I didn't know when. Yeah, that's all. President Joe Biden spoke to Chinese President Xi Jinping uh, for nearly two hours on Friday morning to discuss the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The call was seen as a critical test of whether Biden can convince China to turn down Russian requests for military and economic aid. It was unclear from an initial Chinese government readout of the call whether Biden had succeeded. I mean, even just the two of them talking is like from a symbolic standpoint. Look at the way both of them have both flags. 
Mm -hmm. That's that respect. Is, uh, also, look at the people watching in the restaurant in the uh, karaoke or whatever it is. That's a, a, a big screen yeah. in a restaurant in Beijing. They even have the uh, digital drum set up there. Mm -hmm. I wonder what type of performances happen. There's a keyboard stand. There's live music happens there. Yeah, maybe it is a karaoke bar. Something like that. But uh, I can also see the way the tables are set. I mean, first of all, I'm hungry looking at this. They're sitting in the restaurant. They're watching Biden. You know, they're watching uh, Xi and they're having a time. Mm -hmm. Like, let's see what they're saying. So they put it on the big screen like it's a Super Bowl over there. Uh, the call was seen as a critical test of whether Biden can convince China to stay on the sidelines of the conflict in Ukraine. According to the readout, yes. Uh, the White House has yet to issue a formal readout of the call, mm. but said it began just after 9 a.m. and lasted just shy of two hours. It is an unusually long time for a presidential call. Well, I, these are unusual times living mm -hmm. in here. Uh, the world is neither peaceful nor tranquil, she reportedly said to Biden, and the Ukraine crisis is not something we want to see. She also reportedly expressed his belief that conflict and confrontation are not in anyone's interest and peace and security are what the international community should treasure the most. The Chinese summary of the call said she told Biden that the U.S. and China as permanent members of the U.N. Security Council and the world's two largest economies must not only lead the development of China-U.S. relations on the right track, but also shoulder our due international responsibilities and make efforts for world peace and Tranquility. Okay, I don't know, Will. I mean, maybe there's code words in here, but I don't know, Will. Uh, that sounds pretty straightforward to me. It sounds pretty uh, unanimous to me. Yeah, that they both want peace. I don't know what type of code words you're reading in there, if any, but I'm telling you, what did people want from this call that didn't happen there? Uh, yeah. It didn't, did this have the pieces that people wanted? I heard the word peace a number of times. Mm -hmm. Is it shrouded? Is it is it clouded? Is it foggy? I hope not. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, we need to see. I guess we need to read the uh, the readout. We need the readout. The White House hasn't issued their version of it. I guess we need the readout in order for us to make our determination of uh, what's going on here. But yeah, it does seem that both parties are sort of on the same page, at least with that one word peace. Yeah. I don't know what that means behind the scenes, but you got flags. You got both flags. Mo's delivering the Popeyes. This is unbelievable. Live uh, studio Popeyes. Never expected to see such a thing. That was incredible. I mean, I knew you, you were hungry. And, uh, but this uh, has gone to another level. We've ordered Tim Hortons in the past, and now we've ordered Popeyes, which is, uh, I don't know, some might consider that an upgrade. Uh, anyways, look, I, yeah, they, hopefully they keep the dialogue going. Whatever the dialogue is, they keep the dialogue going and and uh, figure out a way. <clears throat> figure out a way. Where, where there's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. I'm here. That's all it took. Yeah. Damn, that was easier than there's I thought. That was easier than I thought it would be. Putin claims he makes man. That frame down below <laughs> that you're hitting me with while I'm trying to read this. <laughs> That is just so, I don't, I don't. It looks no. unreal. I need the clapping as well when the clapping happens. I don't, what is this symbolism? What What is happening to me? Why does that look so weird to me? You got to go to the beginning when they're clapping. I think they're going to clap soon. But it was at the very, wasn't it? Oh, was that no, he just the very beginning? Oh, or you just so happened on that 
Yeah, he just started off. Like All right. Well, I mean, it's... Fair. It's... Uh, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. I can't be the only one that feels weird about the, the way this frame is put together. I, 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 there, that one, right there. I feel like I'm watching a horror movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, what horror movie? I don't know. Like uh, some sort of uh, Lynch. Uh, do you ever watch any of these movies? I, Mulholland Drive or something? I, I don't know. Something feels off, but I can't put my finger on it. Anyway, uh, yeah. I don't know why they put that that uh, State of the Union speech in this article, but the headline is Putin claims he makes $140,000 and has an 800-square-foot apartment. This one, I feel like you're okay with this one. <laughs> you want to take a crack at that one? Yeah, I've actually been seeing a lot of articles of people trying to figure out where is his wealth. Mm. Like, a lot of people thought it was with the oligarchs, and uh, putting these sanctions would hurt him, but it's not. It's not. Here's my question for you, Mo. Mm. Does Vladimir Putin make $140,000? I'm going to say no. That's a no from you. Yeah, I'm going to say he makes are you, way uh, more than that. Are you disputing what Vladimir Putin I says? I am disputing. Is that right? <laughs> are you lodging an official dispute here? <laughs> yeah, and numbers? I don't feel like I'm alone here. I feel like a lot of people I'm, think that there's no way the president of that country is uh, <laughs> making that much and living in an 800-square-foot house apartment. How much do you think? Well, there's other there's other rumors that he's a billionaire as well, right? The way the whole thing's set up, there's a, yeah, no one will ever know because it's not publicly available information, and it's an intentionally not not public. Mm-hmm. It's a it's it's meant to be a mystery. Uh, but how is there no paper trail? Crypto. <laughs> no, I, I listen. This has been this is this has been for a while. It's uh, absolutely yeah. Uh, it's a, it's it's a very it's a very uh, tight knit kind of controlled environment, mm-hmm. and so the flow of information and there's so many factors that go into this. But I mean, he might on he, he pro- maybe somewhere Mo on some line somewhere it says his salary is 140,000. So somewhere on some line. Oh, I'm sure it does. Yeah, but... and then there's a lot of other lines that are missing. Mm-hmm. So I think redacted. Yes, well. But uh, but the thing is, as you stated earlier, you don't think you're the only one curious about this, and it's no. probably why we happen to be reading this on Fortune.com. The Kremlin claims Putin earns an annual salary one forty thousand. His pu- uh, publicly disclosed assets include an eight hundred square foot apartment, a trailer, and three cars. But according to some experts, he may be the wealthiest man in the world with assets totaling up to two hundred billion. Whoa. Don't worry about that last part. Oh. Yeah. Don't get yourself this is redacted. Don't yeah, don't get yourself too <laughs> fired up about that last part. There's really no need for it. It is a ridiculous amount of money, but uh, yeah, as they mentioned here, Putin is often seen sporting high-end luxury watches that are retailed for multiple times his supposed income. Mm. He owns a $500,000 A Lang and Son uh Tubograph as well as other fancy designs. Look, look at this rumor of a $1.4 billion Black Sea mansion. A 190,000 square foot mansion sitting atop a cliff. Oh my God. That's a lot of money for a mansion. 
Yeah, well, there's all types of investigations. I mean, this is what they're doing with the oligarchs right now. They're trying to un, un, unravel mm-hmm. their wealth, where it all happens to be, and uh, what are they doing? They're freezing assets and jumping on yachts and and uh, and all the rest of it. But it is a, it's it's wild how different the the uh, the the number can be from reality. How different the uh, public facing broadcasted figure can be. Right. I wonder if people in Russia believe it. One hundred forty thousand. I, I, I'd be curious to know mm-hmm. if, if it's the official uh, number out of uh, the government there. But let's be honest, Mo, because you know I like to put. You know what I like to do. What's that? I like to be as comprehensive as possible. I like to zoom out wherever possible. Mm. You take President of the United States, and they got a salary. But you want to know what happens when they're done being a president of the United States? They make the money. They go give a little talk over here, a little chat over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may have business interests and investments in other companies. Uh, I don't think you're worried about those guys' finances. Mm-hmm. Mo, I'm looking at you. I don't think I think you might be missing some line items over there. Could be. I mean, remember, I mean, people wanted Trump's tax returns forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think Joe Biden's worth? Let's get a Biden update on this. Let's no see. Idea. People people must have looked into it. I'm looking for a Joe Biden net worth. Now, you don't know. You look at these type of things on the Internet. You don't yeah, know what how? you're really seeing over here. Um, but he's got to have, he's got a couple of assets. What do you think? Two or three assets? They say, uh, someone said nine million. He had a net worth of nine million. Yeah, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. But even nine million is a, You think it's higher? Well, it's a no. I'm saying it's a jump from oh right from 140 whatever. Yeah. But listen, listen to me. You will know what they want you to know, <laughs> and nothing more. I'm saying everybody's all this intel and information, and it's across boundaries and borders and so forth. And uh, one hand washes the other, doesn't it, Mo? Mm-hmm. Speaking about money. Mi casa, su casa. What? <laughs> I'm looking at you, Mo. But why? <laughs> if you're a Russian YouTuber, how do you get paid now? Crypto. Actually? Yes. Oh. Um, Willie do. This was a. Go ahead, Willie. You know what? I'm going to have one Popeyes. I'm going to give a review right now. Okay. You're going to go on this one, and I'm going to have one Popeyes. What is it? A spicy tender? Chicken tender, yeah. Okay. It's going to be a review. This one's you. This is all you, Will. Okay. Don't eat in front of the mic. No, no. I moved it. I moved it. Um, So this story is about a Russian YouTuber. Who's living a life in Russia? I got to interrupt. I, I apologize. This is insane. <laughs> you couldn't. Do this is absolutely insane. They gave me Megan the Stallion sauce. Whoa. Oh, that's because. You uh, should save that. That is, might be worth $100,000 tomorrow. $140,000 annually. Yeah. <laughs> loot, loot, loot. That's, Pair it up with the NFT. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's on your bag by accident. What the? Are you trying to I take, ordered the sandwich. Are you trying to take this back right now? No, I think they gave us two, right? Are you trying to take this back right I'm now? I'm saying we go 50-50. I say you take one of them. Yo, Mo got real take. serious when he saw me advertise the sauce over here. Uh, this, is, is uh, this is the hottie sauce in bright orange with Aleppo pepper sprinkled throughout. The sauce made with honey, apple cider vinegar was both sweet and I presume spicy. Oh. It's a collab. Okay, fine. 
whatever. Whatever, Mo yelling at me over here. <laughs> so I'm only allowed to have this one, apparently, which no, is sweetie shirt, Mo. I wouldn't want to. You get to review the hottie sauce, all right? So I'll move on to this one. Okay, go. We'll go back to it. Um, yeah, where was I? Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. they're going to. So it counts this one YouTuber. Um, his name is Nikki Proshin. Okay. He has a YouTube channel. Uh, TikTok and Instagram, um, and even though he gets donations from crypto, he said that it's very hard to convert it into ruble. Oh, okay, convert into um, to actually just get groceries or buy food or right. anything. So, yeah, crypto it's not a way to solve everyone's problems based on the account from this guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, so it kind of does. It's kind of unfortunate. But you know? crypto's in its infancy. I mean, I'm sure they'll figure a way to make it easier to make that transaction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, what else does he say? He's so, using a VPN, but doesn't really work. YouTube's well. not paying uh, uh, Russian creators right now. Is that what's going on? Yeah. That's why they're making this pivot? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he said he's got 10 donations in Bitcoin to this point. Yeah, which is not a lot, unfortunately. And it's and it's currently his only method of generating revenue because obviously AdSense has been turned off, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. He got a little bit in Ethereum. What a weird position to be in. I mean, we talked about it with other influencers on Instagram. <clears throat> and it's not just like your direct revenue, but it's also reaching your audience to do anything else, any other type of promotion. You've got to believe it's just a terrible time to be <sighs> stuck, in, stuck in that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Russia and Ukraine are both countries where cryptocurrency adoption is relatively widespread, actually. Russia is the third largest miner of Bitcoin. Interesting. The Russian invasion of Ukraine and the international response to it is a real-world test of cryptocurrency's value to ordinary people. Ukrainians have been fundraising in crypto, and almost 100 million has been donated. I mean, it can do it. It can do it, Will. But as you mentioned, getting into crypto easy, out of crypto mm. hard. There's just no infrastructure there in Russia. Right no, now. I mean, even for you, even for you, yeah. into crypto mm -hmm. easy, out of crypto hard. Mm -hmm. uh, you get turned into something you can use. Although, as this, uh, this thing continues, if it does continue, you have to assume that people in Russia will start to adopt this more rapidly and possibly even start to accept it. Uh, merchants and uh, stores and such. If more people are relying on it, then, then, then you have to imagine there might, the demand would go up and some stores might start to accept it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I know crypto is kind of like a safe haven, especially right now in Russia. You can put money in there just in hopes that the ruble... Bounces back. Bounces back eventually and then they could convert it back. But right, um, right now, since it's stuck in crypto, you can't really spend it. I, I think that places might start accepting crypto. I hope so. What the, with the inflation and stuff Just going basic on? basic grocery they stores might, They something. might, they might. Somebody, somebody in the chat was like, what are you talking about? Isn't that like $410,000? No, 10 donations in Bitcoin, not 10 Bitcoin. Yeah. 10 Bitcoin, y'all. Mm -hmm. You'd be celebrating right now, actually. Yeah, so good luck to this guy and oh. many other uh, influencers, creators in Russia. YouTubers, YouTubers. Fe fellow, fellow tubers.
Uh, okay, so I uh, I ate I had a bite of the spicy. Oh yes, chicken tender. You okay? <laughs> I what a segue. Uh, it was a bite. I did not touch your precious uh, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> okay. I didn't touch Megan. A stallion sauce. Uh, but I did have the sweet heat. Yes. Okay, tell me. And I don't actually feel that I need any Megan sauce after that. I'm all sorted out. Wow, it's that good. I just said I'm sorted out. Um, I'm glad that the that the tender is spicy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, the batter to chicken ratio was I was satisfied. Wow. A little bite to it. A little sweet. A little heat. Popeye's got a formula down. So, you know. That's, uh, that concludes. <laughs> okay. That concludes my reaction. Good. Uh, <laughs> Burger King franchise refuses to close 800 Russian restaurants. Okay, this is like a complicated situation. Mm-hmm. It's like they the can't com- just close their doors. Apparently. Yeah, it's like the company responsible for the Burger King brand over there can kind of make its own rules. And I I read a tiny bit on this, but it's not that simple. Burger King trying to suspend operations in Russia, but that's proving difficult. A business partner controlling 800 restaurants has refused to close them, the company said. Mm. Well, why don't you tell us who the partner is? The burger chain owned by Restaurant Brands International has a joint venture partnership with businessman. Oh, there he is. Alexander Kolobov in Russia. Well, there you go. RBI controls just 15% of its Russian Burger King businesses, and Kobolov is responsible for the day-to-day operations and oversight. That means Burger King can't just snap its fingers and close up shop. We started the process to dispose of our ownership stake in the business, said David Shear, president of RBI's international operations, in an open letter. While we would like to do this immediately, it is clear that it will take some time to do so based on the terms of our existing joint venture agreement. So basically... We want to shut it down. We promise. We saw what McDonald's did. We want to do it too. We're Burger King. No war. No war for Burger King. Mm-hmm. We want out. We're going out. And uh, in the case of McDonald's, they go, well, we're going to nationalize it. We'll figure out a way for McDonald's to hang around. They're saying, hey, we got a joint venture. You just run it. Just let us go. Let's get out of here. I don't know what that guy would do. I mean, you have to, I guess he would do the same thing they did with McDonald's, change the name, change the brand a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. And continue forward. But it's proven difficult to come to terms. I I'm suppose. curious about like um, these fast food chains, specifically McDonald's and Burger King. If on the other side, um, non-Russian, um, if they can't send over like beef patties or fries or anything, like the ingredients to make mm-hmm. Burger King meals. Right, they have to source their own ingredients. They would. You're, you're talking yeah. about sanctions. Yeah, because of the sanctions. Yeah, yeah no, it's got to be a nightmare, right? So now. at a certain point, wouldn't they just like have no more ingredients, and then they would have to like make up? Well, food? in this in this case, since you have a joint venture, you have to assume that uh, there are deals in place. Kolobov is currently working on figuring out mm-hmm. how to get these ingredients, mm-hmm. but McDonald's sourced. McDonald's case is like they're out, but like well, McDonald yeah, McDonald's is out. They were gonna have the doors the doors closed and have the restaurants frozen. That was their mm-hmm. solution because mm-hmm. you're right about everything you just said, mm-hmm. sanctions and such. Um, but then it was the Russian government that said uh, we don't like the look of that. Right. Well, why don't we nationalize these things? People like this thing. 
Mm-hmm. And then that's when the whole their own version thing comes up. Yeah. And the difference with Burger King is since it's a joint venture, I would suppose it's already just happening. Mm-hmm. And the, door, the doors don't have to close. They can kind of almost do these alterations in real time. Yeah. Mm. The real problem or question here is whether Burger King itself gets anything out of it. Even though this Kolobov apparently owns like 15% of it, but is actually responsible for day to day. How does Burger King get its uh, 85% out? Right. Like, uh, good luck. I don't know. Yeah, it's difficult. <clears throat> I also imagine that their business may have went up ever since the McDonald's closing. Oh, interesting take. Mm. Don't you think so? That's Hot take. True. Spicy yeah. take. So. Burger King's crushing it in the absence of McDonald's and everyone hasn't uh, moved over to Uncle Vanya's yet. Maybe mm-hmm. not just yet. <laughs> Uncle Vanya's <laughs> is still so funny. <laughs> hey, Will, we have any commercial breaks to take? Let's take one right now. We'll be right back. We have plenty of other amazing stories submitted by both uh, Will and Mo today. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up very shortly. Don't go anywhere. Today's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Go further with the number one trusted leader in VPN. Mm-hmm. I trust uh, Express. I use Express, so that means I trust. I go on, I log on, I pick a location other than my current location, and then I suck in all the wonderful content. I absorb it like a like a dirty sponge. Oh. <laughs> you didn't expect me to go there. Uh, so you got the security element, right? Obviously, uh, you go, man, VPNs right now with everything going on in the world. It's like, it's a hot topic, the VPN topic, mm-hmm. the ability to kind of control your own internet destiny. One click to a safer internet. They have locations all over the place. You pick your country, 160 locations in 94 countries, unlimited bandwidth, plenty of speed for all your streaming and your Netflix and such. Available as a browser extension for Chrome, Firefox, and Edge. And then there's apps for any device you have. Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android. Or you can install it directly on your router. So everything that connects to your router connects through here. Uh, As mentioned, you can protect yourself. But you can also unlock regional content. Because it's all types of regional deals these days. It's like, oh, it's the hot show, but it's only on this streaming platform in this country, and it's mm-hmm. difficult to keep it all together. You don't need to worry about it with a premium VPN. You don't need to worry about it with ExpressVPN. Every time you connect to ExpressVPN, you get a random IP address shared by many other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it harder for third parties to identify you or harvest your data. Visit expressvpn.com slash later and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash later. Go to expressvpn.com slash later to learn more. Also sponsored by Masterworks, and you're invited to join an exclusive community investing in art. You, I'm looking at you, Will, can invest in multi-million dollar paintings. What? A guy like Willie do? What are you, crazy? Yeah. Uh, uh, Banksy, look at the net return, the 32%, a hundred plus total offerings. It's like a, a share. It's like you're investing like as if you would have a share, except it's in fine art. Limited, inherently limited. Talk about limited things. Talking about scarcity. 
can have a peak over here. It's, it's, a, it's a whole new concept, really. 4,234 artworks offered to the group. Artworks purchased, 101. So it's not just like a bunch of random stuff. It's stuff that has a, a, a history of a particular price. The research team uses proprietary data to determine which artist markets have the most momentum. Momentum's important. You can get in over here and then uh, on a piece of art that's... Uh, the rocket ship! Rocket mm. ship art. Mm -hmm. And it's physical. It's a, it's a really interesting model. And it will allow you to invest in art that would be... I mean, previously, this would just be an impossibility for most people at these uh, types of prices. The types of prices associated with very rare art pieces. You got to check it out. It's Masterworks. Just check out the Banksy stuff if you want. Yeah. Masterworks enables you to buy shares that represent an investment in art right from your couch. Because fine art has outpaced the S&P 500 by 164% from 95 to 2021. Their team of art experts analyzed over 60,000 data points to find trending artists with high potential for growth. Getting started with Masterworks is super easy. It takes just a few clicks. You visit their website, create an account, browse their artwork, and you can diversify your portfolio with one of the most stable assets around. You can gain priority access by clicking our link in the description and it supports the channel. So go check it out. Head to masterworks.io to check out Masterworks. And we're back. Hey, thank you very much for that break, folks. Thank you for dealing with us. Oh, you probably noticed that uh, little musical chairs going on. Um, Mo has completely dove into his chicken sandwich. I didn't know it was a thing you could dive into, but that is what he has done. So he's vacated his seat, um, and as soon as he moved down ever so slightly, uh, Jack noticed when he said, he said, you know what? That seat looks just about right for me. And he said, what do we got, topics here? He said... Ain't no topic I back down from. <laughs> and I said, Jack, ooh, I said, since when are you Clint Eastwood? That's what I said. And, uh, well, that brings us to this moment right now. So everyone say hi to Jack, basically. Hello, everyone. There you go. And Jack says hi back. Happy Friday. Um, you're a busy guy, right? Yeah. Like you've had, like you're, I can't, uh, I got a busy day. I can't be, do this or that. Uh, I got lots of calls. I, uh, is that what it's been today? Yeah, there's a, yeah, it's a usual busy uh, day around here. I believe him. I'd say it's the norm. But he wanted to join because he thinks it's fun here. Wow. Yeah, this is a nice break. This is a nice oh. break little break mm -hmm. lovely well i'm happy that uh, i'm happy to have you i'm happy that you're back it's been a long time since you've been on the show mm -hmm. and uh it uh offers a little change of pace yeah because because mo you know he has his viewpoints mm -hmm. and very uh, far right I they're hear. pretty stringent <laughs> whatever they are they're stringent mm -hmm. yeah. yeah extreme I would call him an extreme uh, extremist. Well, I didn't go. I didn't say that. Oh, sir. 
Hmm. Unprecedented cyber attacks are crippling Russian government websites. The Russian ministry says it's facing an unprecedented assault by foreign hackers. Well, I believe that. I mean, anonymous, uh, or at least whatever it, whatever anonymous is at this point, has taken has claimed that they're busy attacking. Yeah, we we hear a lot about the physical war, but we don't hear much about the IT war, the Ta digital war. Talking about cyber. Cyber war. Mm, there you the go. War of the future. Cyber yeah. attacks. Ever since launching a horrific assault on Ukraine, things haven't been going particularly well for Russia. The country and its invading horde have been condemned, blacklisted, thwacked by crippling sanctions, droned, blocked, and among other things. Yeah. Um, but here we go as far as the cyber attacks concerned. In addition to denial of service attacks that have knocked websites offline, Many hackers are trolling the Russian government quite hard. In one case, someone defaced the Russian Emergency Situations Ministry, inscribing, don't believe Russian media, they lie, on its homepage, while inserting a link to what the hacker dubbed full information about the war in Ukraine, the Washington Post reports. At the same time, dozens of Russian judicial, judicial websites have reportedly been defaced with messages insulting Russian President Vladimir Putin. Mm. I, and then we talked about when he did the electric chargers. It says something negative about Putin on there. Can't mm -hmm. even remember what it was. He's a, I actually don't remember what it was. Putin is a dickhead? Well done, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem that bad to me. Mm. Like if you're just going to write like profanities about somebody, like that's your hack. Mm. Mm. Like, Well, I think, I think the important part to note there is that... That doesn't happen that often. Right. People saying things like that. Dissent. Especially to Putin. I exactly. So I think the idea of it from a hacking standpoint is that you would showcase uh, uh, at least the initial thought that, hey, maybe uh, this, this guy is not. Maybe you shouldn't like this guy. Right. Just to get the ball rolling on that. But you're right. I mean, if you can provide a link to what's actually going going on in Ukraine or something that's not being seen on media or whatever, that's going to be more effective. But some of these things that they're hacking have their limitations as to what yeah. you can even display, like the screen and a gas pump or right, right. electric charger or something like that. The Wall Street Journal recently claimed that the number of people involved in the cyber attacks could reach 400,000 or more. <clears throat> My God. Yeah. That's a lot of, uh, I mean, that's probably an international, well, they call it an IT army. Mm-hmm. That's an international endeavor at that point. And uh, yeah, increasingly, I think we're going to continue to see this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. More cyber. Penn swimmer Leah Thomas becomes first trans woman to win NCAA swimming championship. Very controversial subject. Uh, I know records had been uh, broken or were being broken. Uh, this, of course, uh, university level, very high level. NCAA. But uh, now we have an actual trophy. We have an actual NCAA championship going on. Wait, did you say Leah Thompson? Thomas. My Thomas. Yeah, Sorry. Thomas. I said Thompson before. I don't know. Maybe I did. Okay. But it, it is Thomas. It's Thomas. Thomas began transitioning in 2019 with hormone therapy and followed NCAA and Ivy League rules. However, she faced scrutiny inside and outside the sport 
about if transgender women and girls should be allowed to par participate in female sports. Now, there's something in this article, um, or maybe I saw it in a different article, but it talks about the ranking of this individual prior to transitioning. And, oh yeah, there it is. Okay. Biologically, Leo holds an unfair advantage over competition. This, this, is, um, uh, this, this was a petition submitted to the school or to the NCAA that was then obtained by the Washington Post. And uh, this was written, uh, I believe, by other swimmers. Scroll up just a little bit so I get this right. Uh, some of her teammates sent a letter to the school and Ivy League stating that she should not be allowed to com compete. And then part of this letter was obtained by the Wall Street Journal. And uh, this is the quote from the letter. Biologically, Leah holds an unfair advantage over competition in the women's category as evidenced by her rankings that have bounced from 462 as a male to number one as a female. So from, I mean, to be clear, to be clear and to be fair. Please be clear, yeah. When you're at that level, NCAA level, 462 is still a hell of an athlete. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you something. But I don't think there's a person in this room or in this uh, broadcast right now that's going to confuse number 462 with number one. Number one's a big difference to come in and dominate to that extent. And let me just lay out, the, let, let, me lay, let me lay things out for you. One side of the spectrum, you have letters like that saying, hey, this is, a, we, we don't want this to happen. We think that this is unfair. Others, other end of the spectrum, we have celebration. That, uh, hey, here's a, a thing that's never happened before. Here is, uh, I don't know, to some individuals, here's progress. I'm laying the land for you. Yeah. I'm letting you know what's going on out there. Uh, we were searching previously for interviews. And this was, this was interesting to me. We were looking for interviews of Leah Thomas. And it's obvious to me, as I, uh, as I look at some of these comment sections, as I look at uh, some of these like-dislike ratios, this, this is a uh, uh, divisive topic that we have found uh, a, a certain threshold that people have for their um, tolerance, I suppose, support whatever way it is that you want to uh, describe it. Here we have a swim, swam interview. Penn's Leah Thomas opens up on journey, transition to women's swimming. And of course, Will still has the like to dislike ratio enabled. So useful. Of course, Will does. You would want to know. What we see here is uh, 379 thumbs up and uh, 7,800 thumbs down. And I don't, I mean, the interview, the, uh, Leah just basically describes uh, this pro process of hormone treatment. You have these hormones there. They aim to um, knock out the testosterone. You wouldn't know anything about that, Jack. No, I don't, I don't have any of that. Knock out the testosterone and uh, sort of help in the transition from a, from a physical standpoint. And then you have conversations around athletics specifically, which is really what this is about. 
this is really the the creation of these headlines is the, the key part here is that ever not just that Leah Thomas won, but that everybody else lost. I know that's where your head went right away. Yeah. Um. All right. Is it on me now? No, it doesn't have to be on you. Let's go to the wash. No, it doesn't have to. It doesn't, um, it doesn't have to be on you. Uh, no, no. Listen. Uh, in, okay. In, just, you want? You're taking the. <laughs> you, you take that baton. I'll pass you the baton if you like. I have more to say too, but you can have that right now. Yeah. Well. Well. Um. Just you know, prefacing, I am totally on board with uh, people. You know, having the right to be who they want to be and feel who they want to feel, feel who they want to feel. Yes. And um. You, you, can, know, you go out there and you feel who you feel want to feel. Feel who you want to feel. And uh, all the power to them. My only sympathy does come with the uh, competing athletes here who, um, you know, have trained their whole lives um, and um, now are kind of thrust into this political, like, you know, back and forth that they never really asked for. And, you know, I just am sympathetic to them and how now they have to kind of be in the situation and then um, it kind of takes away from their own, um, I guess, journeys as well as athletes and swimmers. This is a slippery subject right here. Mm -hmm. Very slippery subject. Men and women typically don't compete, not in many sports, not at the professional level. It just doesn't happen, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we're all uh, fairly aware of why that's the case, right? Now, what comes into question here is... When this transition begins to occur, to what extent can these perceived potential advantages, to what extent can they be nullified with some form of treatment? Because this has been talked about beyond swimming. Get, get rid of the testosterone, increase the estrogen, start to be further along that transition. Probably not in this case eliminate all advantages. Yeah. Probably not. Mm -hmm. Is there a situation in which if this happened at an earlier point, that maybe some of those biological elements that happened along the way may not have occurred in the fashion that they did occur? Mm-hmm. And this gets into a whole, I said it was slippery before, it gets into a whole other slippery thing of how you draw this rule book, this rule book that you are uh, proposing here. How you draw it up. What are the parameters? I mean, in fighting, you have weight classes. Yeah. Uh, in, 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 in sports, you have, uh, what do you have? You have age brackets. I remember something interesting happened. Obviously, I... Uh, Talked on his show how I play hockey. One lesser known story about me is that one year I played football. Wow. It's a lesser known story. Whoa. What exclusive? I played tight end. T absolutely terrible. Just. You were terrible. Well, our whole team. I don't know. I don't know if I was more or less terrible than everyone else. R remind me tight end. What is that exactly? Well, you're, you're, you, you typically will line up. Uh, along with the uh, the offensive line, like to the to the end of you know over there, you can, you don't have to. Oh, okay, yeah. Sorry, I know tight end. Yeah, 
Yeah, you're with go. the short passes and uh, yeah, typically you're 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 a, a blocker also. Yeah, you're yeah. you're utility you know, guy, a bit of everything. Bit of everything. Now, on, on some teams, they play a significant role on the offense, and other teams, they're as you mentioned, uh, more required on the blocking side. It depends on, um, you know, the hands of the individual. It can be they can be a very deceptive player. Yeah, but, you know, you're not you know. But a good tight end will will be the difference. I find. Like I was just looking at a list of those uh, tight ends there, and those are all the best players on their team. A lot of key, lot of key. Uh, I don't know why the hell they put me there. I think it was just a, uh, it was a, um, like size. A lot of it in 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 football has to do like the, the whoever plays a left tackle. You can probably guess what he weighs. Yeah. I mean, it's just a biological. Do you need a large person there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we're embarrassing ourselves with the knowledge of football. Or Absolutely. At least I am. It's not important, though. Yeah. Anyway, go on. It's not important in this story. Mm-hmm. The important part of the story, because it was my first experience with such a thing like this. I was late to sign up to the team. And uh, I had to go register with a group of individuals who... They hadn't missed registration like me, but actually something strange had happened. That when they went for the initial registration, they were too heavy. Mm. And because football was such a contact sport, rather than do it like we would do it with hockey or any other sport by age, they did it by size. Mm. So if you were an enormous person at the age of, I don't know, 12, you wouldn't be absolutely... yeah. Crushing, just, uh, just just rolling over. Now you could say you could make an argument in this case that, well, hey, it's not that person's fault. They're a giant twelve-year-old. They should they should have the opportunity to play with twelve-year-olds and dominate. But then somebody else would have the viewpoint that, well, no, physically we want to match these these groups up, and then and generally there's not that many outliers, so it's not that many kids that can be displaced elsewhere. But of course, what ended up happening, just like fighting, is kids wanted to play in the lowest weight bracket they could right to have those advantages of being physically larger now i'm using physically larger as one potential yeah. advantage one potential biological attribute that gives you an advantage and you're a fight fan you see it happen all the time yeah guys try to push the weight mm-hmm. cut to get the slimmest advantage because guess what sports are competition and you want to do everything in your power to get a slight edge I mean, you'll take an enormous one, but at the highest level, and as you continue to go higher up, every little tiny advantage matters. Yeah. So what happens is I'm in this car to go to this registration, and I'm with all the kids who never made the initial weight. The fatties. <laughs> right? Sorry. <laughs> The, the, he, he worked the, so hard. The big, the big boned. Uh, he worked so hard. Listen, in football, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. Be a hell of a blocker. He worked a power so hard. Forward. Yeah. He worked so hard. Um, yes. And uh, it's a hot day. We're going down there in the summer. And I'm in a minivan with the, the guy who's the coach of the team. He's taking the group of us down. He's like, great, you're signing up. I'm sitting in the very back. 
before we get into the car, they take each one of these kids that missed weight and they wrap them in garbage bags. Taunt, it's the summer. They wrap them in garbage bags, stick them in the minivan, and crank the heat. Wow. They turn that thing into a sauna. And I got to go to Burlington for this weigh-in. It's the most miserable car ride of my entire life. The hottest day. I thought I was going to pass out. I thought I am. I was like, I'm not playing this. I'm not doing this. This was the worst decision in my life. How much did you have to sweat? I didn't know. No one told me that in registering for the thing, uh, like they just said, oh, we got a ride for you. They never said this is going to be the sauna box right. minivan of doom. How much weight were they hoping they were going to lose on that car ride? Like how much can you actually lose? Well, it's exactly like MMA. They, they really are only like a pound or two off. Oh, uh -huh, right. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to get below it. Let me tell you what happened. Not a single one of them made the weight cut. Yeah. Yeah. All of those kids had to go up to the next bracket and be the smallest players at the higher bracket, which is what they didn't want to do. Yeah. And then I was no problem making it in. I wasn't, wasn't that heavy. Competition, physical competition, is a very strange spectrum. And it's really important. You know, it's really, it, it, mean, it matters a lot to people. It, it uh, can, can be a major character builder for people. It can be a life's work for people. Mm -hmm. And so it's understandable that there's sensitivities around this subject. And it's understandable that opinions are split. And it's understandable that some people are upset. And I think... Uh, and I understand that. That's what I understand. That yeah, yeah. Well, it I saw on Impulsive that Dana White was on there recently, and they asked him about this story. And uh, they asked him about if he would ever accept transgender athletes in the MMA and UFC. And he said it did happen once, where um, somebody that was born biologically uh, male transitioned and then fought with females. And was winning until all of a sudden one day she got beat up by another female. And um, I guess that kind of throws in the face this whole advantage. Like obviously there there is an advantage, but don't put it past them getting beaten. Like don't put it past, you know, somebody beating her oh, in oh, a race. Oh, Amanda Nunes is putting you out, bro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, dis no dispute. Put me out. Oh, you're done. You think so? You're cooked, brother. Inside one? Oh, <laughs> oh my. Ten seconds. Yeah, you're gone. You're well. You're uh, you're, you're you're running out the cage. Let's be honest. She pulled me yeah, into a in pretzel your, in your little speedo. <laughs> to, they, no, no, absolutely. Like that's why that's why I said it was important to say when when I was looking at the statistics, it was important for me to to say four thirty two to one. Like the the individual was already a good swimmer. Mm -hmm. All right, at the NCAA level. So you're saying I'd get beaten up by her? Yes, absolutely, 100%. I know I would, 100% I would. Yeah, so it's it, it all depends. But what we're really talking about, Jack, is at the competitive level. Yeah. At the highest level. Mm -hmm. So that means Nunez versus John Jones or something. Yeah. Okay, that's a problem. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Sweet! Tesla maintains massive lead in U.S. electric car sales. Compelling competition is coming, but Tesla is simply growing too fast. Tesla is growing very fast. It's unbelievable what's going on.
Yeah, we kind of know this already, but to kind of see the graphs. Oh my God. U.S. electric uh, res registrations buy, make, and uh, share. Tesla is 70%. What? At least for now. Is this U.S. numbers? Yes. 70% of new electric vehicle registrations are Tesla. It's such a huge, huge head start. Nissan comes in at 8.5. Chevrolet, 7.15. Ford, 2.31. That's going to change with the Lightning, obviously. Volkswagen, 2.19. Audi comes next. At the bottom, GMC with zero. Scion, zero. Lucid, 0 0.01. Wow, to showcase... How few units they've shipped. Rivian, 0.05%. I mean, these yeah. will change as they figure out production. But that is some hot demand. Interestingly, Tesla leads in every single state except Alaska. As you can see, they're beaten by Nissan there. So I presume that's the Leaf, which is a more affordable electric car than what Tesla's selling. Don't know why. That's a super prevalent in Alaska. But yes, they have a massive head start and advantage as a consequence. These are still emerging technologies. And so the fact that Tesla has been doing it for as long as they have, the fact that they have the head start with the superchargers, the fact that they're not on gen one or two, um, the fact that Elon has become such a important figure, culturally speaking, and keeps the brand elevated and in the public consciousness uh, and uh, well, how about this? How about the fact that the that the product is good? Well, how about that fact? Yeah, the product is good. I mean, you mm -hmm. might have your nitpicks. You might have your tidbits and your nitpicks. Your panel gaps. Yeah, you might have them. Yeah. But I'll tell you what: when when you're on the highway and you hit the button and the thing starts taking care of you, tell you what, it's an experience. Mm -hmm. And when you when you slam <clears throat> the accelerator, and you're gone like uh, Star Wars. Mm -hmm. You're gone like Han Solo? Yes. You might sell some cars. I feel like for the average car person that doesn't know a ton about cars, if they're going to look at uh, electric vehicles, I think a lot of them assume that Tesla is really the only option. So they don't even like look into options from BMW or Volvo. Or yeah, which is why they spent, those companies spent so much money at Super Bowl showing their electric cars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think there was like six or seven commercials of electric cars or something. Like that. Yeah, they had to let people know, hey, we do that too. Mm -hmm. Hey, over here. But for years, it was like, oh, you want an electric vehicle? Tesla, you have to get a Tesla. Even pretty, now, so. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, they, that feeling, I think, is still there. Mm -hmm. Like him. He's like, if I get an electric, he thinks he has to get a Tesla if he gets an electric vehicle. Mm. But he decided to go the other way and get yeah. the Bronco because it sort of represents <laughs> like the, the, who, who he wants to be. The gas guzzler. The gas guzzler. Yeah. Yeah. Monolith. Well, it's just like the way he's gonna he's gonna when when it shows up, he's gonna reenact the Logan Paul photo. Right. Have you seen it? No. Uh, show the Logan Paul Bronco photo. Will's gonna do the exact same. Will and Mo are gonna put this together. Oh, nice. It's the exact same. Except it'll be Will instead of Logan mm. Paul. It'll be Otis instead of that dog. That's cool. And uh we're gonna get Will the right the red sneakers and everything. Okay. Get him an Unbox Therapy uh, sweater. Well, he had some other idea. Can you remind me what it was? It's a drain plug merch. Yeah. We were deciding on what to wear. You don't know why like he what likes... what I would say. Have you heard yet why he likes the Bronco? 
It's not the reason you think. Um, I haven't. It's the drain plugs. Oh. <laughs> drain plugs. So if the car gets dirty, you can just hose it down on the inside. Exactly. Wow. The seats are vinyl as well. Just hose everything down. And you have you have Casper. Yeah, well, my Marissa, car's dogs. a hairy mess. The other day when I had my windows down for the first time all uh, winter, it was just white hairs floating around. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, this is disgusting. Yeah. I'm I mean, just not a fan of upholstery. Yeah. The corners of, mm -hmm. you know, it gets it's caked with salt. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge topic. Mo, Mo, Mo brought it up today. He says, uh, when you guys get the hell out of here, I'm pulling my car right in here. And I'm going to get down to cleaning it. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> he said, he, he goes, uh, I left to Kovu at home today. And it's time to get down to business. Because that maniac's not here. <laughs> um, either that or it had something to do with the, the dog taco yesterday. Mm. Which turned into how long is the clip? Well, that's an epic one. <laughs> yeah. It's it was epic. like a good 10 minutes. Or it's, a, it's an epic story. Unbelievable. All right. So what is this? U.S. electric registrations by state share. Um, oh, California. Big time. Wow. 35% of all car registrations are electric in California. Mm. That's big time. Florida. So the warmer states to a certain extent. Texas is a I guess the infrastructure is good there too. Talking about supercharging. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah look, look, look. Wyoming, 0.0. .0. Yeah. And North Dakota, 0.0. .0. Mm. South Dakota, 0, 0.0. Wisconsin, 0. 0.6. New York, 4.6. Yeah. Florida, Texas, California, electric cars. Southern states. And California, big time. Mm -hmm. Big time. Oh, Alaska, 0. 0.1 as well. You know what you should do with your, your test, your uh, Bronco, is go on a uh, high speed police chase down the highway. Oh. <laughs> Should I? Just bring oh, back, because yeah. uh, um, that's what Broncos are, uh, that's what put Broncos on the map, remember? That's actually right before they got discontinued. Yeah. yeah. Because I think they wanted the distance. Yeah. I bring that back immediately yeah, like once I get my Bronco. Because <laughs> they were huge. Everyone had one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's other reasons why it went off the market. I don't know what the reason was, yeah. but... They're definitely really popular right now. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, this guy, how long is your, have you been on this process for? A couple months. Yeah, it's, yeah. He's been out of control with it. I can barely get a word in. Yeah, big fan. Tesla Model S Plaid shatters yet another Porsche Taycan record. Uh, say what you want about Tesla, but there's no denying the Model S Plaid is an incredible car. The brand's first ever tri-motor vehicle boasts a heady 1020 horsepower, 1,020 horsepower. Yeah, you're going to 60 in less than two seconds. Uh, it's a real experience. It'll it'll whip you around. Everybody here did that launch or no? Did you yeah, 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 I did yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, we almost died, remember? Well, easy. <laughs> uh, maybe that was the time. Maybe that was you two. You almost hit that... Uh, Poor old lady on the side of the road. Maybe that was YouTube launch. I think you got the wrong guy. It couldn't have been. Maybe it was Will driving. Will might be driving like that. Yeah. Who knows? So anyway, what happened here? What record did they beat? Oh, a track record. Is that it? Uh, set a lap, a lap record for the fastest EV ever at Virginia International Raceway, covering the 4.1 mile distance in an astonishing two hours, 
50 minutes, four and a half seconds quicker than the previous record holder, which was a Porsche Taycan Turbo S. Four seconds faster for a lap. Wait, two hours? Or no, two, minutes. two minutes. Did I say two hours? Two yeah. minutes. Two minutes, 50 seconds. I might have said two hours. That's fast. So what are you what are you going that whole time? How fast are you going? Mm, I don't know if it says what the top speed was. Um, sometimes they do when you have a lap. Oh, go up. That might say it. Scroll up. No, it said the uh, this Image? one. Yeah. Nope. Doesn't say. Can't see. I mean, we're talking about a race car track. Yeah. Here. So you gotta fast. assume you're just you're, under 160. There you go. At one part of the video, the Tesla's electric motors propel the heavy EV to just under 160 miles per hour. The Plaid's lap time is very impressive, but then again, we know what the powerful Tesla can achieve. Well, it's important to note, looks like a relatively uh, normal sedan, but it just definitely isn't. doesn't have a normal price tag either. Uh, it's completely unnecessary acceleration. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely fun though yeah congrats completely unnecessary completely fun mit's robotic cheetah taught itself how to run and set a new speed record in the process hmm. how does it teach itself to run uh, ai powered simulations let the robot learn all by itself i mean could they teach it to stop too or just ran right into the wall <laughs> no that's uh version two. Oh. <laughs> well i think i think i think it has to teach itself right I, it probably has to hammer the wall. How many times. times does it have to hammer it well, before it learns? A number of times. I mean, how many times do you fall on your head there? <laughs> okay, fair <laughs> enough. A few times. I still am. Oh, man. Yeah. So instead of uh, having humans <laughs> program it, they're just using algorithm, machine learning yeah. for each iteration to get better and better. Um, in this clip, it shows... Just kind of human programming versus actually learning. <laughs> yeah, the dog is kind of cheetah spazzing. Cheetah. But yeah, in this case, um, it figured itself out. Like a and baby. Learned how to like go a baby. Up. Something unsettling about that footage. <laughs> Imagine it's chasing you. Well, let it's me like tell twitching you, cheetah. You realize the robots teach themselves, right? You realize what that means. Mo just shouted, Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't sound very scary. It sounded like a party or something. Yeah. Terminator. <laughs> Terminator. <laughs> it's, yeah. the, it's the trailer for Terminator. Who is it? Terminator. <laughs> He's here. <laughs> knock, knock. It's really scary. I'm back. The mini cheetah might not necessarily be able to recognize that it's loose gravel that constantly causes it to stop to lose its footing or ice that's making its feet slip but by constantly monitoring its movements it can tell when it's not walking as effectively as it could and based on what its legs are doing it can now adapt their movements to ensure it keeps moving forward those adaptations can even compensate for how the robot's components are performing or underperforming as a result of damage or being overstressed yeah the robots they teach themselves they got the ai they end up learning faster than, uh, you know, the human creature. Yeah. And uh, they end up doing everything better. And then you know what they end up doing? They end up winning the uh, setting records yeah, at the swim at the pool. Yeah. They'll join the uh, They end up the setting race, records yeah. at the pool, Jack. Yeah, because um, the scary part with uh, the Terminator was that they 
became self-aware. They became so smart that's that right. they were like, wow, I am a, mm-hmm. uh, that's right. a living being. Yeah. Why am I taking orders from these yeah. humans? I'm going to go humans. join this race and demolish them all. Know anything. Look how slow they are. It's what did Arnold say about it? Yeah. What did he do? <laughs> we put an end to it. Wait, which Arnold? From one or two? Because he's bad as one. Spoiler. Spoiler. Terminator. The man behind Ethereum is worried about crypto's future. That's that guy, Vitalik. Yeah. He's coming on the show one day. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, yeah, I actually DM'd him earlier. Well, really? No. Um, he's a, not a big, he's not a big NFT. He, you're going to definitely connect on that. He doesn't like. No, he's a big NFT, but not what's going on right now. Yes. At least if you listen to this language, it sounds a lot like Willie Do language. Mm. So uh, there's one section that I want to highlight. I mean, they talked about crypto. They talked about money laundering. They talked about all kinds of problems uh, in this particular uh, interview. It's crazy. He's 28 years old. He's from around the corner. Got all this. Ethe- he's carrying all this Ethereum on his back, crypto on his back. I don't know. Is there a bigger? Is there a more important personality in crypto right now? Willie Do. Mm. Elon? Damn. Well, that's he not really markets. It's not really fair though, because he's not actively working in crypto. Right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. We agree. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Uh yeah. So anyway, scroll down a little bit further. This is the cover, the time cover. The Prince of Crypto has concerns. I like how direct that headline is. Mm. Um, but the portion I want to I want to look at is the part that's really gonna matter to you, Will. A little bit further down. There you go, right there. Buterin worries about the dangers to overeager investors, the soaring transaction fees, and the shameless displays of wealth that have come to dominate public perception of crypto. The peril is, and this is his quote, the peril is you have these $3 million monkeys and it becomes a different kind of gambling, he says, mm. referring, to, referring to the Bored Ape Yacht Club, an uber popular NFT collection of garish primate cartoons that has become a digital age status symbol for millionaires, including Jimmy Fallon and Paris Hilton, in which have traded for more than one million a pop. There, another quote from uh, Vitalik, there definitely are lots of people that are just buying yachts and Lambos in, in the crypto equivalent. He got you, Will. You're a big, you're a Vitalik guy. Look at you. You read, you like. I support this. You read, I think it's you a like, great, I think a lot of people would support this, or at least feel this way. That, yes. Like, wait a sec. No, hey man, I saw even uh, Snoop Dogg, who's getting into the NFTs with the uh, Death, Death Row. Row. I even saw in his post, he's like, "We're taking it back. Uh, we own the record label. We're we're doing the NFT. I think it's always the hashtag. It's like Death Row NFT." Mm-hmm. And in the, I read the comments, and a lot of people are like. No, thank you. Enough NFT. Leave me alone. So I feel there is a little bit of resistance. I don't, it's not an all or nothing situation. And people ask me about this stuff. And then, Do I need to be here in one way or another? And I'm like, listen, it's like a lot of other emerging things. 98% of it sucks and 2% of it might be cool and end up being something. So it's important not to overestimate. Mm-hmm. 
you may want to be a part of it, but recognize that there's tons of risk involved still. And if you were curious what Vit Vitalik thought of uh, the variety of uh, uh, apes that are out there, now you know. Yeah, just getting rich quick as well. Now you know. I mean, he even and says a different influence. kind of gambling. And COVID sort of just contributed to a lot of this. I mean, the gambling sites went out of control on the sports side. All of a sudden, tons. I mean, there's just so so many people, uh, so, so much interest. Crypto was like that. Mo starts investing. You go through the ups and downs of crypto NFT uh, mm -hmm. romance. You go from the honeymoon phase to practically divorce. Well... The thing is, it's like this is a new technology, and I would like to learn about it. I don't mm. want to be left in the dust. Mm. And uh, I think it's important to know at something. least know. You want to know something? What? You're never going to be left in the dust, will you do? Okay, I hope not. Impossible. Okay. I'm definitely in the dust when it comes to this stuff. Okay. Well, that's true. I'm, See you later, Jack. I'm buried <laughs> deep in the dust. Yeah. In that in that dusty car of yours with the yeah. white hairs floating around. <laughs> yeah, that's, <me. laughs> that's Jack that's on the highway. That's my NFT. That's yeah. Jack on the highway, floating hairs. Yeah. But I guess in order to um, experiment, yeah. there is a certain risk level Always. that you're willing to take. Early adopter. Sometimes it doesn't pay off. You know, you just learn your lesson. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Keanu Reeves Motorcycle Company, Arch. Float's idea of building an electric motorcycle. I didn't even know he had a motorcycle. I know he likes motorcycles. Oh, really? I didn't know he had a motorcycle company. I knew he liked motorcycles. Oh, did we yeah, cover this before? Should I have known this? Maybe we did. Um, I don't know. I thought you would. Maybe I did know about this. My bad. Yeah. I mean, he's really into the motorcycle. Yes. Uh, he should totally do an electric one. Absolutely. They're Oh, they're cool looking as well. They're very cool looking. They're cool looking as well. They'd have to be. Arch Motorcycle Company founded by Keanu Reeves and uh, Guard Hollinger is known for its bespoke sport cruiser motorcycle production. You know who could go on one? You know who could be on one of these is Mo. Mo could be on one of these. Like this, look at this. He just comes, he just shows up. Uh, he's coming down to 400 like that. No helmet. Is Kovu the, on the bike too? Yeah, with the goggles on. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, and Mo has the leather the leather jacket and and, and whatnot. Mm. I mean, out of all of us, no? Who's the most likely to show up here on a motorcycle out of all of us? Sure. It, huh? Who? Vin? No, 0% chance. 0% chance, Vin. He's safety all the way. Who's the most likely? It's uh, it's either Mo or Kirk. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think Kirk. You you go Kirk? He likes the thrill. You go, Kirk. He I go Mo. Biking too. I go Mo. Just because Mo's got the age gap. Oh, okay. He's, right. a, he's a you know, he's a, he's a little less responsible at that age bracket. The mortality hasn't hit him yet. Yeah, hmm. yeah exactly. Uh, okay. In a recent interview shown in a video posted on Arch's site, shout out Kishore, by the way. Hollinger and Reeves sat down to discuss the future of the company, and after a decade of building purely. Internal combustion-powered vehicles, the pair seem open to the idea of exploring electric models in their future. Well, electric, you could imagine similar advantages with the motorcycle from the the the, the car. This thing's going to explode, man. It's going to be so quick. Instant power. Recharge. I mean, you don't, your batteries can be a little bit smaller. Weight and things. I, I it, would, it would present a kind of like a fun task, would it not? Mm -hmm. And look at Keanu. He's looking great, isn't he? 
He's look. He's in his element here with the motorcycles. Mm-hmm. He's in his element. The long Kinda hair looks like uh, McKinnon there. I think he's very comfortable right yeah. now mm-hmm. and right here, and I like it, and I can totally get behind it. So if you want a motorcycle, go to this guy. Yeah, I agree. Ooh, look at that. This is a nice one. Look at Mo, come on. Can we convince you, Mo? That looks powerful. That's actually an electric Harley Davidson. The Harley Davidson live wire. Everyone's getting an electric. Electric, it's madness. The hype is uh, out of control. Very cool. Porsche Apple partnership hinted at by CarMaker CEO, but don't get too excited. Not that kind of partnership. They're not going to make the Apple car. It must have, does it have something to do with uh, uh, Apple CarPlay? Probably. I think so. Managers at sports car maker Porsche late last year traveled to the United States to discuss possible joint projects with iPhone maker Apple. As well as some other tech companies, Porsche's CEO said on Friday, we already have Apple CarPlay. We will expand on that. Okay. (laughs) He said that uh, the Porsche and Apple traditionally cooperate closely and that they were on the same wavelength, but added it was too soon to make decisions on future projects. Here's, Here's what it should be. The iPhone should be the key. It should be the app. Find a way to like integrate it into your settings window or something without having to even open a separate app like your car is just a utility or something inside of the os could they do some sort of spatial audio in the car let's do some spatial audio in the car uh let's get the uh let's get the the tv plus in the car Mm. let's get uh apple um podcasts and music let's have that natively without even connecting a phone let's have wireless apple car i mean there's so many different Mm. pieces to it and then on the spot on the far end, on the most exciting end, is let's collaborate on an actual car. Yes. We'll put an Apple badge on Can it. You, you guys imagine? do all the software. We'll just do the hardware. We'll make the physical thing and then you guys do the brains. Hmm. And that's the most exciting, but the most unlikely. So we gotta <laughs> okay. put that out there. We'll shout out Agony. Porsche says 80% of his cars will be electric by 2030. Yeah, big commitments. Big commitments coming out of Germany, I'll tell you that. It has pledged to build on its out its own range of charging stations as well. They got some crazy fast charging capabilities, but it's just the network isn't really out there yet. Uh, it's all relatively recent compared to Tesla. The German luxury brand said that it had seen sales leap by 44 billion euros which is around 4.8 billion usd and plenty of interest in its models for the third year running porsche's pure ev Taycan line managed to outsell the iconic 911 with over 40,000 units of the electric ride out the door uh while the uh the 911 only sold 38,000 so there you go i guess that's the it has taken over electric has taken over even porsche and they want to go further with it they want 80 percent of their sales to be all electric by 2030. So that's a much bigger number because even though the Taycan outsold the 911, it's not Porsche's biggest seller. They still sell more of those like little SUVs and stuff. And if once those go all electric, they'll probably they'll probably sell even more of those than the Taycan, but they start with the Taycan. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of investments here. Audi's doing the same thing. So Germany's making some uh, Mercedes. Uh, Germany, companies in Germany making some serious commitments and elsewhere. Sure. But I've been reading about these ones. Dr. Disrespect calls out YouTube gaming after putting them on the map. So he is saying that uh, he's basically built YouTube gaming. He does get numbers. Pulls numbers? But the people before them, they were big as well. Like Courage. Yeah, I don't I mean, 
I don't know. To what, it's kind of his the persona, right? Yeah. The persona is like is uh, I made this happen. The persona is uh, you know very macho. That's the thing, right? Yeah, and he's macho. That's what I'm saying. In the streaming world, perhaps no name has as much gravity as Dr. Disrespect, the 2019 Streamer of the Year, has managed maintain his prominence in the scene even after being permanently banned by Twitch, although, I don't know, they had a court case they sorted out. I don't know who got paid. Uh, he, anyway, he's on YouTube Gaming now with a few others, um, but he says in his tweet, when you put at YouTube Gaming streaming on the map, yet they don't even follow you, tweet about you, mention you, etc. I mean, seriously, just stop and think about it for a second. We really are on another level, baby. Wow. You like the baby part that gets you going. Yeah. Well, yeah. So there's a little persona. There's a little flavor on there. But if you read between the lines, it's also somebody wishing that YouTube Gaming would acknowledge them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's a little. Go ahead, Jack. Say the word. Well, I, Were you like, going to say it's a little desperate? Yeah. Like I was going to say, he's kind of coming across as like the tough guy, but underneath he's insecure that uh, he's not being a There's a way to write it, which probably wouldn't sound that way. Yo, YouTube gaming, yeah. don't act like I didn't make you. <laughs> I don't know. But when is, does YouTube gaming tweet about I'm not, other people? Like they, they, yeah, they do. They do? They do. Yeah, yeah. They have their, uh, they have certain partners that are. Do they have, is there reasons promoted? why they wouldn't tweet about him? I'm guessing because um, they want to be careful. Are you Maybe about because the of Twitch uh, thing? the Twitch situation. Well, he got banned from Twitch without any word. No one knew why. He claims to have known like, known something more than anybody else, but it was just out of nowhere. It wasn't, the public never found out why. Right. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And so he went over to YouTube. Right, put them on the map. <laughs> That's right. And then he's getting nothing for it. Well, I don't think he's getting nothing for it. He has a whole community over there and tons of people yeah, tune no in. but no tweet. No tweet. Get a tweet. I guess he wants a tweet. So I don't know. Maybe they should just give him a tweet. Give him a tweet. He wants a How tweet. How hard is a tweet? The guy wants a tweet. You give him a tweet. Look okay. at him. All right. Yeah. Give well, him a tweet. It's fine. Jeez. And I agree with you. Okay, sure. Give it's him a just tweet. To it shut doesn't him up. take you that long to give a tweet. But it is surprising that he cares at all. I, I don't know. Yeah. It seems odd. That, but, I, but that is the difference. Like Twitch is so specific. It so specifically aims at this type of creator whereas youtube is enormous and vast and like this is on youtube and and and, and a billion other things are yeah. on youtube and you yeah. just kind of choose what you're into and could it could be live could be shorts could be this could be that yeah has youtube ever tweeted uh unbox therapy out that's a good question mm, probably but not in a long time yeah not in a long time we're but probably due <laughs> <laughs> a couple tweets. Yeah, they need yeah. to make up for Imagine it. Imagine every every YouTuber is like, I have a tweet in a while. Yeah, YouTube's like, God, give me that, give me that tweet. Like they're gonna set a precedent. Yeah. It's like a hostage situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, we can't give in. We're gonna set the precedent. They're gonna know we pay the ransom. <laughs> TikTok is rolling out its Snapchat style stories to more users. TikTok is getting closer to its ultimate social media destiny. Snapchat stuff. So it's what you got stories, you got longer form video in landscape. Everybody wants to do everything for you. If you, uh, this feature, I guess, is slowly rolling out. Maybe you have it, maybe you don't. If you do have it, you'll be greeted with a new banner when you launch the app 
encouraging you to create a story. Adding a video or photo to a story works extremely similarly to taking a photo or video for TikTok's standard feature. With the same editing tools, effects, filters, and sounds, unlike a regular TikTok video, though, stories won't show up directly on your profile or feed, and they disappear after 24 hours. That seems to be the component people like. You like the disappearing. Yeah, I need my things to disappear. Yeah, I know. It's common. Mo, you like the disappearing. Will, you like the disappearing. See, I don't really use social media, so I I was kidding, by the way. I thought you were setting up a joke there about, like, not wanting... Well, no, because I I would assume... Well, it's in a server somewhere. Well, no, no, no. no. Wait a sec. I was being uh, real that if you go and use Instagram, are you more likely to use the stories for sure or the the post? And is it because the 24-hour expiry? Of course. Yeah. And I think it's less... um, Yeah. And also, like, there's nerves associated with, like, posting something online. And, um, or posting something in a big group chat where there's a lot of people. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I get nervous if I, if I say something in a group chat, I'm like, is anyone going to respond? Is that going to sit there for like hours? Mm. Is is this going to be ignored? Um, and it's the same with like a post on social media that, that stays there. It's just like, how many likes is it going to get? Is somebody going to, like, I remember actually consciously planning out my posts for times that I thought people would be more likely to engage with it. Like on a Friday night when maybe they have a few drinks in them and they're a little more likely to, like, you know, they're a little happier Mm -hmm. and maybe they're like, oh, you know what, I'll like this post and maybe I'll take the time to watch it because I'm, you know, it's a Friday night and I'm on social media. I don't know, but these are things that went through my mind. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how we got here. Let's, Jack, tell us more about how you approach things in life. Okay. How much time you got? Yeah, it's, um, no, these are, the, when it comes to friction on social media, these are all things that these uh, engineers think about. It's like, wait, we make this change and yeah. it's ever so slight, but yeah. all of a sudden now you feel compelled to produce something because you're like, okay, th- these functions and rules work well for me. Whereas the other one was intimidating yeah. for this factor or yeah. I didn't like this aspect of it or whatever it is. And. There's way more posts on Instagram in general from people that I know. Like, it has gone down dramatically. Like, when if I was to scroll through my Instagram, like, it's I'm seeing four or five new posts before it's um, old stuff, and and you know this is hours in between. Like, th- people just aren't posting like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got to figure out the, how to, how to finesse it. It's the reason that they experimented with getting rid of likes completely, yeah, so that you don't have to feel embarrassed if you yeah. want, if you're not posting Friday night when people have drinks in them. Right. Right. <laughs> Listen, it was a whole <laughs> algorithm I had. Okay. Time, to, yeah. time to post. <laughs> it's 8 p.m., baby. Prime time. They're captive. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, people, you know, people do crazy. I, we appreciate the transparency. People do crazy okay. things. Listen, you know? I just... Um, people yeah. do crazy things, man. Because the stuff I used to post was kind of like creative stuff that like I'm kind of putting things out there a bit. It wasn't just a picture of a yeah. sandwich. You want to be appreciated. Yeah. I get it. Or just, or just, I wanted the um, the likelihood of it being. Are you saying seen you don't want to be appreciated? Highest. Are you saying you don't want to be appreciated? No, I'm just saying. Or the work, the work needs to be appreciated. I just want to. You say you want to be appreciated or not appreciated? <laughs> I just want the the highest likelihood of it being seen. I'm not going to put it up at 4 a.m. on a Sunday night. I know, but you don't want people to see it that hate it. You want them to appreciate it. 
Well, that, it's not that goes just for everything. See, yeah, life. it's not just seeing it. You want to be appreciated. You're searching, you're hunting for a little appreciation. I guess that's I, where the, the beers come in. They're more likely to maybe enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Food. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's a heart. Yeah. I mean, it's not a skull. Right. Imagine it was a skull. Well, that's why in the dislike button, keep getting diminished. <laughs> you. <laughs> well, I always use a skull just because I love the skull. It's, it's a, no one knows what it means or whatever, but... But I've never disliked anything. I don't. I'm not out here disliking things. Yeah. But I'm also not liking them. So yeah. people could perceive that in a certain way. But I understand what you're saying in relationship to um, you know, this idea of of, of, of uh, expectations around social media. And like I post something, and then is that you know what are the expectations around responses and yeah. timeliness? Because I suck with it. I suck yeah. with it to yeah. the extent where I know other people feel a certain way about it. If I don't like reply to something. Or if I don't, uh, if it's not a timely manner, yeah, it's a thing that I also struggle with. If I got 17 messages, I'm like, I'll get to them later. I don't get to them later, often. And people need to learn that in that case. I'm putting a PSA out there. It's not It's not intentional. It's not like a... I think we knew that around here. Any type yeah. of shot. No, to put it out From to day anybody one. who's watching. Right. Yeah. Who tried to get in touch with me. Um. But it goes to show you there's like this lack of context around expectations. Like mine are different than yours and yeah. everybody else. And it's never discussed. What are the rules? It's funny when in our group chat someone's like, hey, Lou, I'm thinking of working on this from home today. Is that cool? Do you need me in the office? <laughs> Just like crickets all day long. <laughs> like, like no response. <laughs> and then it's just like, okay, well, just, I guess I'll do this then. Well, in that case, in that case, I think... No response is agreement. Yeah. And everyone yeah. understands that. And if right. I was to respond to that, it would only be to say, no, you can't do that because we got to do X, Y, Z. Right, 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 mm -hmm. right. That would be the, the you know. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with what most people want to do. Yeah, yeah. It, unless there's some reason. So I, you know. But I hear you. Yeah, yeah. But, but people around here have adapted. Yeah. To the situation. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the adaptation. <laughs> well, when I... Uh, ask you questions in the chat. I just stare at my phone and wait for. No, you don't. Yeah, don't even. That's a bad. But 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 group chats are a whole different thing because anyone can. Yeah. Can chime can, in. Can chime in and then yeah. and then they could be responding to something that's like three or four messages back and then mm -hmm. like I uh, my participation goes way down in a group chat way down. Yeah, same. Mm -hmm. The more people, the less I am likely to respond. Way down. Yeah. I'm like. Eh. Like the hockey group chat, like I'm yeah. like, I, it never really goes beyond uh, whether I'm going or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't go. Meanwhile, there's whole novels in there. I'm yeah. scrolling. I'm like, oh my goodness gracious. Well, it's nerve wracking because you see some people throw things out there, and nobody takes the bait, and it just sits there all day long, just rotting. It's just rotting. Yeah. And um yeah. Well, you know what we learn here? It's better to just get together in real life anyway. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. then there's no nothing is rotting. Mm -hmm. Everything's thriving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All types of opportunities, better understanding, mm -hmm. connections, things yeah. like this. So there's no rotting. No, no rotting. This story's rotting. This story's rotting on the page. Or it's also rotting for other reasons. Shout out Brevin. A uh, woman's UTI was actually glass tumbler lodged in bladder for four years. A glass tumbler? In a bladder? Yeah. What? Like a drinking glass? What? Is mm -hmm. this real, Will? 
New York Post, a woman whose doctor thought she had a UTI had a glass tumbler in her bladder for years. A 45-year-old woman had come to the hospital complaining of a typical UTI. Doctors were left stunned when scans revealed there was a glass inside her bladder, encased by an 8-centimeter wide bladder stone, which are normally so small oh they are hard to see with the naked eye. The woman from Tunisia revealed she had used the drinking glass. Oh, baby. Okay, well. Jack got to the point in the article where he saw the reality of the situation. <laughs> My innocence is lost. I'm when sorry. you said okay, you said so in such a way that, like, you deserve it. <laughs> Jack was just like, that's okay. I, his sympathy evacuated it's his true. body. I felt really bad, and I was like, oh, okay, well. Yeah. What yeah. do you expect? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's still, you, you want to go get it. Um, actually, you know what? Amazing that the body was able to function for that long at all. Yeah. With the glass in there. Solid glass. That the bladder, though? Jack, give us an anatomy. I really give us an, see, look at that picture. Give us an anatomy sorry, lesson Jack. here. Why is that? How is that in the bladder? I don't know. Well, they said it in that line. No, no, the bladder. <laughs> it must have moved up there. Jack. Because it was, it started from the outside. Jack. And it was. Jack. Was forcibly. Bladder. Inserted. Bladder. And then it made its way there. <laughs> it took a turn and a left and <laughs> it took around, a turn. went around the bend when it, when you see the old oak tree there. Left at Albuquerque. Uh, hmm. I'm assuming various objects have been inserted into the bladder and many patients fail to remove them themselves and are very embarrassed to seek medical advice. Okay. Well, what? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, Will. This is a Willie Do special right here. Well, I guess you're, what is that? <laughs> Eventually, your body kind of gets used to it, right? Well, like the size I'm of never it? getting used to that. Is that? Yeah, see, it's the Jack. gallbladder. I don't. Jack, can we Man. talk about the shirtless Sean Mendez? I prefer that story than this. Yeah, uh, a little easier on the eyes. Eh? <laughs> yeah, a little easier, easier on the eyes. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness that wasn't the last story. <laughs> <laughs> Freaky blackout video from Tokyo looks like someone decided to turn off the world. Oh. We haven't, had a, we haven't had like a real blackout here in a while. I mean, I do. I'll never forget the last one, that mega one. It was so eerie and and uh, strange in public. People were just walking around aimlessly it on was the street. So different, different times. Yeah. A late night motorcycle ride home takes a sudden scary turn as an earthquake hits late Wednesday night at around 11:35 p.m. A powerful earthquake shook Japan. The 7.3 magnitude quake was centered off the coast of Fukushima Prefecture, which meant no major damage to Tokyo, but it did result in one very creepy video taken in the capital. He was out riding for the night. I guess that's what the area normally looks like during the day, the intersection that he happened to be at. In Tokyo, and let's see what the video shows us as the power goes out mid-ride. Do 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 Oh, he's like, what the? Holy that would be scary. 
That he, would be scary. At least he has a light on the front of his bike. But look, the other guy in front of him is like, what? There, there are some lights I'm seeing. It's like, what? Yeah, well, people might have battery-operated light or a generator. The generator kicked in right away. But, like, the street goes real dark. Yeah, it's like someone turned off the lights there. Yeah. that That's scary. Can you imagine the world without light, without artificial light, no electricity, the time before electricity? I mean, it will be dark out there. Anything can happen. Just yeah. how it all goes off right. like that. Ooh. Creepy. Mm -hmm. Nice clip, Will. Fantastic stuff. What a show today. A uh, little bit of everything. Started with Mo, ended with Jack. Willie do on the ball as usual. Didn't miss a beat. He was on fire today. Even I, the UTI? Yeah, it's fine. Okay, yeah, cool. Um, you know, the people they're they're unsure of how for how long you can stay that on the ball. You know, because it's tough to do the balancing act. Uh, but you, I mean, your streak is unbelievable. Uh, your consistency is unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's for the people. You know? And uh, personally, I think there should be tremendous appreciation for such things. Thanks, Jack, for uh, treading water with us. Yeah. Mo was worried that you might enter a deep end. He was, I flirted. He, you flirted. Yeah. And, and, uh, I think I came out all right. Mm -hmm. And I think we just found out that you know how to swim. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a um, tadpole. I might need the little floaties on the arms, though. Couple of floaties. Out, yeah. Couple of floaties. Nothing well, he, wrong with I that. Mean, uh, but my Mo, head's above water. Mo's sitting nearby, you know, yeah. and he's a readily available floaty if you need him. Yeah. You can reach out and grab him. He's I, like the door in Titanic at the end of Titanic. That's, that's how I like to think of Mo, <laughs> as a door in Titanic. <laughs> Thanks to everybody who joined here today. Truly do appreciate it. All the super chats that came through. We love doing it. We love having you. And we're going to see you on Monday. On Monday. Later.